Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader, and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Like there's never a good anything. time to clean an oven. Oh, there's Keith. There I she is. Really enjoy, ah. I actually really enjoy cleaning an oven. I know that's odd. That's Holy shit. Super Will you weird. please come over? Right. right? <laughs> of all of the cleaning tasks that there are, cleaning the oven to me is the most satisfying. This is why we're still friends, mm. because I move a lot. And she always cleans the <laughs> oven I'm the for oven me. cleaning queen. You can be the oven cleaning queen, and I am officially the, I set up my own MacBook in the middle of the Mac store with zero help from anyone at Mac queen. <laughs> Fuckers. Megan was almost late because she had to drive from the Apple store. See? Those fruit people? <laughs> Fuck everything up. Well, so I've never experienced me knowing more than the person in the Apple store. They are not geniuses at all. No. Lies. But hey, no. you guys, they're so big and powerful. We can't talk about them on the podcast. She didn't Call try to upsell They she, know people. She knows people. Can't talk about Amazon either because they're bigger than Apple. But yeah, they're liars. <laughs> Amazon's going to rule the world one day. They already hey, do. you guys, I've already read that book. It's called The Warehouse. Yeah, you have. I know. By Rob I, want, I have I two copies that, of that. But do you really? I do. I have two copies because I bought it. Well, I bought it at Full Circle and then a couple of months Months later, I saw it at Half Price Books and went, oh, this is the first edition. I liked this book and brought it home. And I was like, fuck, I already own this book. <laughs> so now I have two copies of that first edition. Yeah. So today I had the best ice cream sandwich I've ever eaten. Hmm. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Of course. It's called the Baked Bear. And it's two snickerdoodle cookies. Oh. Uh. With blackberry ripple ice cream. That sounds amazing. It sounds like cobbler. It was so good, mm. you guys. I, I sat in my car and just moaned the whole time <laughs> I was eating it. People walked by and were like, what's going on? It was in the so car? good. And, you know, it's one of those places where you sort of create your own. So there's all different kinds of cookies. And then you put your own different kind of ice cream in the middle. And then they say, oh, do you want any toppings? And I'm like, toppings? I was like, no, because if you put anything else on this, I will pass out. <laughs> From pleasure? Yes. I had to go to work. I couldn't go home and change. Seriously, did you ever eat something that's just so pleasurable that you just can't stand it? Yes. Oh. Mouthgasm, dude. Man, that was mm -hmm. so good. There's this chocolate cheesecake at the Olive Garden, and I don't have an Olive Garden near me. Like, I don't know, once every 10 years I get it, and oh, 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 it's like the best thing I've ever eaten. What does it have in it? Because this way I'll know so I can make you a chocolate cheesecake when you come to visit. It's like a black mousse, and it's made of like Oreo cookie crust. Oh, so it's and like then it a has like chocolate, and then it has like chocolate chips. Ah, uh, so it's a, a death, little by, chocolate chips a on death the by chocolate type. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, I know that you don't like sushi, but I've actually had sushi a couple of different kinds and times because it matters on what they, what fish they use, which mm-hmm. batch mm-hmm. of fish they use that you bite into and it just melts in your mouth and you're just like, oh my God, this is so delicious. That baked bear chocolate chip cookie was the perfect amount of not overbaked and not underbaked. See, that was Chef's really, kiss. see, that was just really my only tiny little thing that I would have done differently. I think the co- uh, the cookie could have been slightly firmer. Uh, when you're eating it as a sandwich, I agree. Yeah. Because but, it, the ice cream makes yeah. it like squishy. Right. It just all squished. Yeah. But it was so good it didn't matter. And they gave it to me in a bowl. So I just sort of ate it with my spoon with the cookie pieces. And oh, mm. Jesus. All those calories did not faze me one bit as I sit here and. As you muffin top. As my stomach and my <laughs> pants feel very, very tight at this moment. Interesting. Red bubbly. Red bubbly. This premium, this premium tea purchase, this premium tea, per, tea purchase supports the artist who made the design. How fancy. That's what the sticker said or yeah, the card says. How fancy. It says when I ordered my latest uh, three book girls shirt. Speaking of which, if you're interested in sporting the most fancy shirt ever. From Three mm-hmm. Book Girls, you could go to redbubble.com, type in Three Book Girls, and the navigation's a little clunky, but you can eventually find, if you if you click on one of the t-shirt designs and then scroll down a little bit to where it says, this item is on 62 other products or whatever, and you click on that, and then you can see all the different stuff it's on. Yeah. I don't know how else to do it. That's how I have that's to do how it. I, yeah, I think that's, that's how pretty I do much it. the only way you can yeah. do it. But we have it linktreed directly, like to our yeah. page on Which Insta cool. and Facebook, I think. Yeah, we also have it on our website, threebookgirls.com. Yes. Go check out one of Keith's amazing <laughs> posts that she does every week. <laughs> Heck she, yeah. she goes back and does a little connection to all the stuff we talk about. And, and very helpful. And the pictures of our books where you can click and buy them directly. Which From we, Amazon. Which we get credit for, which yes. is also awesome. Yep. I will have to say, though, you know, I set all that up, our, our um, Amazon stuff. Yeah. And I had to remember to uh, change users before I put in an order today or else they would have been charging <laughs> our bank account. <laughs> Bonnie, we're watching you. I was like, whoa, you. three book girls. No the way. The audit comes out and it's like, um, <clears throat> what, what is that? Why is the podcast needing a shower hook? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we do sell a shower curtain. We do. We, we do. do. There's we a do. shower curtain on there you know why i'm i'm dead serious you know why i did it i put the shower curtain on there specifically because i'm planning to put that shower curtain in my guest bathroom really (laughs) i am i just haven't done it i just haven't pulled the trigger on it haven't kicked the sun out of there yet that's right my son is still occupying but he's not going to be I know, in about a month. Because Tyler and Dylan are going to move in as roommates again. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's cool. Yep. yep. I feel like pandemonium is about to happen in that apartment. Oh, I think they've gotten the pandemonium out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're excited be- about it. It's going to yeah. be pandemonium, but they're going to be causing everybody else's pandemonium together, working as a team. <laughs> Over right. there. Over there. <laughs> yeah, on Northside, so we better watch out. Oh, no. How close to Edmund are they? Do I need to send up smoke signals? Possibly, right. yeah. Good luck. Megan. We're going to have to learn Morse code and smoke signals. <laughs> we'll just outlander it, just light the flaming cross no, from the top of the no. hill. And Terry Pratchett. <laughs> 
Terry Pratchett uses the clacks. So we'll, we'll put it on the clacks tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like my Outlander one better. No. Yeah. Terry Pratchett wins every it, time. Because there may be a Jamie Fraser in a kilt there to light it. So, like, we, we need that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hot guys, when I went over to my apartment <gasps> complex. Oh. Yay. To, hot neighbor? To pick up one last stuff. No, they, it wasn't. But there was oh. a hot guy with a really awesome beard. And it made me think of Alyssa. Because, you know, she likes a hot guy with a nice beard. She does mm. like a guy with a beard. <laughs> yeah. And this guy was pretty hot. And he had a... Big old mountain beard man, mountain man, mountain man beard going on. I think oh. Alyssa still lives over there, so we'll have to. You have to message uh-huh. her. Yeah, have say, to tell her. Hey. There's a new hot neighbor in town, baby. Beard saw, sighting. Beard saw sighting. A hot bearded man on your <laughs> row. Check it out. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you should have. We should have a uh, hot neighbor sighting alert. I know. In like a bat signal. (laughs) Just like, hot neighbor. Hot neighbor. (laughs) I know. I talked to hot neighbor for the last time. His dog, his dog came over and, and talked to Echo. It was kind of funny. Echo's butt one last time. (laughs) He was coming back from Starbucks and he had two drinks in his hands. Uh Uh-oh. Well, he's, I I think there's a chick living with him. I'm not quite sure a hundred percent, but. He's getting some action anyway, whether she lives there or not. Damn it. Something. He was bringing somebody coffee first thing in the morning. And I had just walked out with Echo to go to the dog park. And he didn't have his dog on a leash. Uh-oh. And so Maverick is his dog. Yeah. Came over to say hi to Echo. Oh. I don't have hot neighbor, but I was chatting up somebody on Bumble the other day. <gasps> Were you? I Megan was. was chatting on Bumble? I was. Oh, my goodness. So he... So there was... So... My best friend Rachel and I, we have a rule that I'm not allowed to date anyone from Toledo okay. because I dated a guy from Toledo <laughs> and where she was like, I told you Toledo is bad news. So I was like messaging this guy. He said he just moved here. I was like, oh, where'd you move from? And he's like, Ohio. And I was like, oh, fuck. Listen, not every place in Ohio is bad. My stepbrothers are from Ohio. Well, my whole extended family lives in Cincinnati. So I was like, oh, where are you from? He's like, oh, Cincinnati. And I was like, awesome. Phew. We can continue to talk now. And so we were talking about like food places in Ohio and I... It was like, oh man, I miss Grater's ice cream because it's like my favorite ice cream. He was like, why you got to go and talk dirty to me? Because <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> if you live in Cincinnati, Grater's ice cream is like sort of like the ice cream. Sort of like Brahms is here. Yeah, it's, but it's like better than Brahms. Okay, have you had Cincinnati ch- um, chili? I have not had Sky. I don't like Skyline, she but my like dad anything. does. My dad I think loves doesn't like Skyline. Anything. You forget who you're talking to. Over right. Here. Well, I didn't know since you were from Cincinnati because my stepmom is from um, somewhere near Cincinnati and she's made Cincinnati chili for me, which isn't really chili. No, it's really not chili. is what it is. And it's served over spaghetti. Yes. That's awful. Sorry, yeah. Cincinnati. So that's spaghetti sauce. I no, mean, I like no. spaghetti it's, sauce. It's got like cinnamon or some yeah, weird shit. Yeah, it is. It's it. cinnamon and, and yeah, like nutmeg and stuff. Yeah. So you can buy canned Skyline it's chili, yeah. chili served over spaghetti with weird spices in it that don't belong with meat. I mean, I didn't mind it. I tried yeah. to make it one time. Did not go well. No, it's a did delicate not. balance. Oh, it was bad. I dumped you know all this of it. I didn't even me eat out. it. We need to change the subject away but, from this okay. gross. So that was, that was our... Adv- I've talked to him a little bit here and there over the past couple of days. But Have you gotten a penis pick yet? No, because he would be unmatched if he sent <laughs> that to my Bumble. Because I'm like... Does I, he read? 
Um, I haven't gotten there yet. I did ask him his favorite movie, and he said Shawshank Redemption. You haven't gotten there yet. He That's... asked no because he asked me my favorite band, so I had to be like, "Oh shit, this is like make or break him moment." <laughs> oh my god, you She's did. Like, I did. How do you do? He pa- he was like, "Oh, because yeah, apparently his sister in law is also a Hanson fan." So, oh, okay. <laughs> god. But I, I said, are "There are this many in the world, right?" So then I I said, "Well, Hanson's first. I said, then Twenty One Pilots would be in a close second. I did not know that about you, Megan, and oh. now I feel like I've dated you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Me, oh. She's ready to send you her penis pic. <laughs> Can't wait. I think I already showed her that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we're past the, the penis pics now. <laughs> yeah, 21 one pilots. Of the girls seconds. on the tribe, her first thing is she says, if you are not a reader, like, don't bother. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she asks, like, when they start chatting her up is like, what was the last good book you read? Okay, that's the next step, Megan. No, it normally comes up fairly early on because normally, eventually, as you're talking to somebody, they're like, "Oh, what are your hobbies?" I'm like, oh, "I'm on a book podcast," and that's like, then and, you... and they're like, "Oh, I haven't read a book since high school." Bye. Well, uh-huh. I mean, they don't have to be a read. I mean, it would be a bonus, but yeah. they don't have to be a like I complete it bookish be a, person. A complete deal breaker for you, but it would be for. But me. I would need them to not yeah. judge my book problems. <laughs> like they have to be supportive I don't of think my I bookishness. Could be with somebody who didn't read, I just couldn't do it. <sighs> No, I, I mean, it depends. Yeah. It depends on how hot they are because sometimes <laughs> you're not just after the mind. <laughs> yeah, sometimes looks over. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, Physical we'll, attributes went out. I don't think I got any messages. I mean, today. I'm not talking long term. Are you going to show us this picture? I will. Oh, I'm so excited. I love va- dating vicariously through my friends. I, I'm really just intrigued if I have any new messages. Oh, oh, wait. No, that's him. I was like, I got unmatched, but I didn't. That's a, not a great picture of him. I don't care. We're not going to judge him unless he you looks are like a so. psycho. Oh, he's cute. Yep. I can't see I'll it. Pass that on down and I'll get up and show Keith. My ex-boyfriend. Oh, God. <laughs> More proof From that Martha and I are the same person. We are the same person. <laughs> Only I'm 30 What's years What's his outfit that he's wearing? Is he like some well, kind of I military? I think he's military. Yeah. <gasps> I know. Oh, God. It's the uniform thing now. <laughs> I love military. Hold on. I'll show you, Keith. Hang on. <laughs> oh. Dun, dun, dun. He's a cutie pie. Yeah. Something about a uniform gets my heart a pumping. What is this oh, jacket my. here? I'm a real nerd about space. <gasps> I know. I saw that. I was liking that. Was too. a space nerd? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! He could come over. You could bring him He's over. Six foot tall. Ooh. It, this is getting Does better. Does he have all an along. older single brother? <laughs> he has a sister-in-law, so he has at least. Well, I guess like, I'm assuming. Well, if he has a sister-in-law, it doesn't mean he's single. <laughs> no, but but there may be more than one sibling. That's true. Or maybe a a, a dad who's been divorced. <laughs> She's not choosy. She'll take a divorced guy. I, I mean, saying he has a sister-in-law does not mean that he has a brother. He could have a sister and have a sister-in-law too. Oh, but, yeah, that's true. That's true. yeah. So, well, look at us being all open-minded but not over a, here. A sibling. I'm who's... drinking out of the rainbow mug, my friend. Oh, yeah, but yeah, not a sibling true. who's single. That's what. That's, that's the true. point. That's the point. I, you know, when we if we ever go for coffee, that'll be my like third question in for you. Yeah. <laughs> what did Vani read? Anything exciting? Anything happy? Did you read a happy book this week? Do I ever read happy books? No, I'm I'm just making sure. I thought maybe the the full moon had, you know, thrown you for a loop and you picked up like a Megan, it's like you don't even know me. (laughs) I thought thought maybe with the full moon, you're like, you know what I need? I need a rom-com. Now I just don't see that happening. I mean, she did go through a phase where she read some smut books for a while, but... 
Yeah. Nice. And I mean, those were happy in other ways. Or at least they made me happy in other ways. I still think my favorite smutty book that I read last year, still, I still can't get over that book, is The Dirty Billionaire. Like, I think about the book randomly. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one. Did you ever read American Queen? No. You need Holy to read shit. it. Is it good? You should oh, read it. It's okay. so dirty. It's Camelot, so but dirty. dirty. <laughs> so dirty. So dirty. Okay, I'll add it to so... the... Did you read the whole series, American Queen, Keith? Yes. Now, the mm-hmm. second book, I couldn't get into the second book as much just because that dude is so whiny. The first book was awesome, of, though. Yeah, I'm kind of not very smart. I did not know it was like a Camelot retelling kind of thing. Oh, really? Honestly, if I had known that from the start, like I found out at the very end of the third book and I was like, oh, I would have, I would have enjoyed this more if I had figured that out <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was holy crazy. Wow. It's probably to date the dirtiest series I've read. Wow. This is the American which Queen? Is, which is saying the something. The dirtiest. American Queen is the dirtiest? Yes. I can't listen like to that on dirty, audio dirty in my girl. office. It is pretty dirty. Jesus, you guys are making me want to read it. It's pretty dirty. Okay, like wait. I, I, will, I will actually, okay, a book <laughs> series by the same author, Sierra Simone, called Priest. That was pretty dirty. Oh, too. I haven't like, read that Sierra one. Sierra Simone is like, woohoo. I'll have to look that one up. That's, I mean, obviously, it's about a priest that does some dirty, dirty things. Oh, no. So, I might see, actually. But Martha, find it at the I would, if, if you do American mm. Queen, I would stop at the first one. The second one gets a little more relationship y, doesn't it? Yeah. The second one, yeah, it's but been then the a third while. The third one is so good. Like, the third one is really good. Yeah, can it you like read the ties third everything one? up in a nice bow and stuff. So can you read the third one without reading the second one? <laughs> it's been a while. I don't know. You could probably skim the second. The second one it is very yeah. Well, like Martha listens to her angst- books on nine hundred speed. I've decided angsty. so. It is angsty. I would agree with that sentence. What is it with trilogies and the second? The, the poor second book is always just kind of like a. You yeah. Know? Um, I don't know. I feel like the third book in the Divergent series was a book. The third book well, in um, yeah. the third book in the Twilight series is my least favorite of all of them. The whole the triangle th- thing, the third one. Oh, and Eclipse. Yeah, the, same. Yeah, See, and Eclipse. I hated New Moon with a fiery passion. Really, I liked <laughs> New Moon better than Eclipse, just because that whole like triangle thing and Eclipse would be like my comfort read. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But it's funny. New Moon made me want to punch people in the throat. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Ew. I know a lot of people that didn't like that one. I I actually liked that one better. But are, here's the are you you're Team Jacob though, yeah or no? It just kind of depends. Okay. It depends. People that on... were Team Jacob seemed to like like New Moon better, and people are who... we still talking about? I knew it was coming. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> well, Jacob's Jacob's character really flourished in New Moon because Twilight he wasn't True. in that one. Yeah, New he Moon... really flourished when he imprinted on the newborn. That's Blech. Breaking Dawn. That's Breaking Dawn. We're not even talking uh, about that one right now. Gosh, Keith. Sorry. That's so my you didn't like favorite. you didn't like Twilight. I take it. You I liked I liked them until Breaking Dawn, honestly, mm. uh, because then like the pregnancy thing and the imprinting thing, I was just like, okay, and bleh, <laughs> and I'm out, and I'm out. <laughs> Martha's googling Serious. over here. <laughs> I know Sorry, she does, but it is true that the second book in a lot of series is like the low part. Like you kind of go like, okay, can we get to the third one now? Yeah, like, yeah when, it's a, when it's a trilogy, yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes. Like, as much as I love Lee Bardugo, that Shadow and Bone, like, the second book, you're like, oh, my God, which let's go. Which, soon, Keith and I are going to have a Zoom call, the two of us, to discuss the Shadow yeah. and Bone show that we'll post that we'll on, put it on, on YouTube. We'll put it on YouTube. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that sometime in the next week or two, and... Because I have a lot of feelings about it. I'm sure Me Keith too. has a lot of feelings about it. And I think we a lot of people probably do. have feelings about it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that book that I uh, recommended to Shona G that she now hates me for. Yep. That's the one. The yeah. feelings. The feelings. Yeah. The feelings yeah, are all too I have, real. I have different. I have a feeling that that book, I'm going to have like sobby feelings. Well, when you do, when you have those sobby feelings, text me and let me know. So I can discuss the book with you too. <laughs> I will. I have to be in like a happier state of mind though. Like I can't be at all depressed in my real life and then read about mm. sad shenanigans in my book. Mm, fair enough. Bonnie, tell us about some sad shenanigans you have read this week. <laughs> well, my sad shenanigans was called the sunflower sisters and this is a civil war book. So of course Nuh-uh. staying staying with the war theme i know it's a huge surprise for everybody <laughs> it is and um Shocking. i didn't realize this until i was about two-thirds done with the book but um this is actually the author who wrote who wrote lilac girls and she has a thing with flowers lost roses mm. the character carolyn faraday for anyone who's read lilac girls this is about georgiana Woolsey who is the Faraday's ancestors from the 1840s, or pretty sure that's when this book was written. So do they all kind of mesh together? They do, because it's like, each one is like a different generation of the same family. Oh, okay. So because Lilac Girls was during World War II, and then uh, Lost Roses was um, during World War I, and that was, you know the ancestors direct ancestors from lilac girls and this is the ancestors from lost roses but a little bit further back and their names are Woolsey. interesting so interesting so it's kind of and these are actually based on some letters that were found that i didn't realize until they had an interview with the author at the end of the book after I read it. So that was really interesting to find out that it's actually based on an actual family. A true the, the family. Whole, the whole series or just this particular? The book? whole series. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. See, I like that. I do too. But this was recommended to me on um, a Facebook page that I'm on called Historical Fiction. Face- of course. Are you the admin? No. No, no, no. I just I just heard about it and I uh joined up, but somebody recommended it and I actually didn't even read the description before I just checked it out at the library. And um halfway through it, they mentioned a specific house because houses back then they would give them names or whatever. I'm like, that name sounds familiar. That's from Lost Roses. I'm like, who the hell wrote this book? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I don't think I said it, but it's Sunflower Sisters by Martha Hall Kelly, if you haven't guessed it yet. <laughs> it's kind of one of those books that has a lot of moving parts at the very beginning. So it's a little hard to follow until you get who each character is. Because it starts with Georgiana Woolsey, who is one of eight children in a family that lives in New York city. They're kind, they're well off very much into charity. 
and very much against slavery. And they put a lot of efforts into trying to help free slaves. And you also are introduced to a character named Gemma, who is born into slavery in Maryland on a tobacco farm. And another one called Anne, Anne May, who is Gemma's owner. And it's told from all of their perspectives. Each one of them like has a narrative part in the book. And it just kind of tells about their life and how Gemma tried to escape slavery and how Georgiana Wilsley's family helped her out to get away from slavery and how they helped other families and other enslaved individuals up to the north where they would be free. And it also is at the very beginning and into the Civil War where slaves were considered contraband. So then aren't the U.S. Army could actually claim them as contraband and free them from the owners also. That's interesting. Right. And I also didn't know this, but the reason why it's called Sunflower Sisters is because the sunflowers was a sign of the Underground Railroad. Oh. I didn't know that either. I did not know that. I didn't know that until I read this book. That's fascinating. And the author talked about that, that the reason why there were sunflowers throughout this, because that was a little confusing to me, why there was like sunflowers like on some of the fence posts and sunflowers like in a letters and stuff mm-hmm. back and forth from Gemma and her sister Patience. It w- the sunflower was a sign of danger during the Civil War and the Underground Railroads when they were trying to get people out of slavery into the North where they were free. And I will say I'm usually not a fan of Civil War books. and um, But this one, it was a little slow at first, it seemed like to me. Um, but it did pick up and I... One thing I did like about this book compared to other Civil War books is that it treated slavery like it was the horrific event that it actually is. So many Civil War books that I read, it's so commonplace and just factual, like, yeah, this happened. Get over it. Mm, it's like, no. it over. You can't do that. I mean, it's, it's not just something in history that happened. It's something that, that was horrific that people are still suffering from mm-hmm. to this day. And this treated it like it was that kind of event. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. It didn't just kind of gloss over and be like, and in the background, the civil war happened. Right. Yeah. Like when I read world war two books and about the Jewish concentration camps, it's never passed off as just commonplace. Never. Right. Never. Right. I've read civil war books that I've just actually just quit reading because they make it sound like it's that it's commonplace. Like it's. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying. I'm with you. But this did not, which I really liked. I liked the uh, Wolseley sisters because they were so independent and um, not worried about just hooking or, you know, trying to find a man so that they can just be a raise a family and be a mom. Like even the Wolseley sister who was a mom was also a poet. She had to write under a um, man's name or else she never would have been published. But she was a poet and, you know, it was just, it was a really good book. I liked, even though there was a lot of moving parts and it took me a little bit to try to get to where the story was going, 
it came together very well and I like how it ended. And you know, thinking about it, this is just, I, I think that's just the author's style because the other two books were just about the same. Once I found out that it was the same author, I was like, oh, okay. I understand where this is going now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting too, all of her books are flower titles. Yeah, they everybody's got to have a niche in this. And don't worry, she is walking away on the book cover. She is walking away on the book cover. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you know yeah. what? It's 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 the publishing. It's just a thing. It's a it's trope a, that needs to die. Yeah, it's I, like shirtless men on romance. Yeah, I mean, no, that everybody, doesn't need to die. It's it's like a signal. It's like that <laughs> secret signal. You can walk into a bookstore anywhere in the world, and if you see somebody walking away on the cover, you know it's a historical fiction, and it's probably yep. about some war somewhere. That's true. But I'm just saying, can we get some creativity? And again, that was called Sunflower (laughs) Sisters by Martha Hall Kelly. And if you liked Lilac Girls and Lost Roses, you're going to like this book. But it was a standalone, so you wouldn't have had to read those books. Is that right? No, no, it's a standalone. All of these books are standalone. Now, Lilac Sister and Lost Roses are close enough in history that you can relate to each one of the characters. Sunflower Girls is far enough back before the other two books that without them telling me that Wolseley was a ancestor of them, I, I never would have known would it. Would have connected it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, except for the name of the mansion, yeah. which is like Terra Hoga or something like mm. that. Keith, what romance do you have to bring the room up with? I didn't read a romance. Do you have a happy book or a sad book? So, so my book is not a romance. I'm not sure how, I guess I would just, classify it as like women's fiction maybe Mm -hmm. um but this book was sent to us by the publisher and uh they asked us to read it and it was really really great so i want to thank lake union publishing and the author ann wirtz garvin and this book is called i thought you said this would work by ann wirtz garvin this book so martha hates it when i say words like poignant but th- this book was, it was funny and it was poignant in times. Can't and it believe was, you said the P was, word twice. I know. I'm poignant. so sorry. That's all right. Is but that like it, the it word was, moist for you? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's my word. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> Only if you don't say it. Okay. This book was heartfelt. So this was one of those books that like toes the line between like at some point you're laughing out loud and then at some point you're kind of, well, if you're me, you're getting a little teary eyed about things, but uh, it's, it's a whole bunch of bizarre events that just really work for this book. So it starts out and um, it's about three girlfriends and in college, they were really, really tight. Um, like they were the three musketeers. And uh, Samantha, and this is 25 years after their college friendship that this book takes place. Uh, Samantha's our main character. She was widowed uh, really, really young, like right after she had her only child. And her child is just now like going off to college. So it's the summer before she goes to college and she has an internship, so she's gone. So Samantha is going through the whole empty nest syndrome and she's having a tough time with it. And her best friend, Katie, who she's still in contact with, uh, Katie is a cancer survivor. She had ovarian cancer 
And unfortunately now it is just coming back and they don't really know the scope of how bad the cancer has come back yet. So it's kind of early days in the, in the cancer being back. And then their other part of their trio, her name is Holly and Holly is a lawyer and she's, she's very direct and uh, she's kind of really honest, like blunt and 25 years ago, the three of them were so close, but something happened between Samantha and Holly and they had this huge falling out so much so that they're really not in each other's lives. So Katie, the woman who's just gotten the cancer news is the glue that holds them together. If it weren't for Katie, Samantha and Holly really wouldn't see each other or talk. Now, Katie, when she had her cancer before she was married and her husband uh, left her because he couldn't handle dealing with a wife who had cancer. And so uh, he he left and he's actually, he was actually really a, a big old jerk. I was saying he kind of sounds like a dick, right? Well, on top of leaving her, like, I think he might've had an affair at the same time. Uh, and he's with the woman that he was seeing now so he's remarried but he he somehow blamed katie i guess for having the cancer and ruining their marriage so he's actually very he was actually very angry with katie and so as sometimes divorces are they were not very amicable and they had a dog together and he it was Kate, like, and this dog was Katie's love, like her, her baby. And he didn't really feel one way or the other about the dog, but because it made Katie upset, he sued in like court for custody of the dog and won it. I'm so sorry. He took her to court for the dog. Dude, it happens. Yeah. I'm going to need him. Oh, mm, mm, mm. So he has her dog. And um, <laughs> this dog is this diabetic Great Pyrenees. And it's, so it's like this 100 pound dog and it's got these insane anxiety issues. So this is not an easy dog to have. And Katie finds out while she's in the hospital from the new wife that he has taken this dog and given it to the Humane Society without like asking Katie if she wants him or whatever. So Katie's like, hey, I can't go and get this dog. Can you guys go get the dog for me and bring him back here? Because basically the dog's been abandoned. So, but this dog has all these anxiety issues. So you can't like put the dog in a crate and on a plane. Katie bought a VW bus because that's the only way you can transport this dog is in this specific VW bus that of course the ex-husband has and he's in California and they're in Wisconsin oh god so <laughs> so she asks Samantha to go on this road trip and bring back her dog and Samantha's all kind of for it because her daughter is gone and she's really bummed and she doesn't want to live in like this empty house by herself. And Holly is, Katie's basically like saying to Samantha, you need somebody to go with you. And Samantha has 
and I, I'm not laughing about it. It's awful, but she, Samantha has this, and I can't remember what it's called, but she has this, this illness where when she is stressed, she falls asleep or passes out. I feel like that's a valid stress response. Like Narco- It's called narcolepsy. It's no, not nar- narcolepsy. Narcolepsy it's is different. when you just fall asleep at any given moment, stressed or not. Yeah, so this what, is, what is it? But it is it's stress like related. narcolepsy. Like yes, only when stress she's stressed. Hmm. I mean, when I'm Brad. stressed, I want to sleep. Nap. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember what it's called, but I mean, it, it, it's like a really valid and debilitating illness that she has because I mean, when aren't, I mean, like she finds out her friend is in the hospital and she's stressed and she goes and kind of takes herself out of her friend's room and passes out in the hospital Mm. (laughs) because that's kind of what happens or else she just gets so sleepy that she needs to go take a nap kind of thing. So Katie is saying to her, okay, you can't go on this road trip by yourself because you need somebody to drive with you. And to make sure that you're not, you know, falling asleep at the wheel and that kind of thing. And Holly and Samantha are not friends anymore, honestly. Like, so Katie really has to kind of badger Holly to go on this trip with her. And Holly has a wife who is expecting a baby, you know, in like the next month. So it's kind of precarious times. But the two of them, they fly out to California to get the dog and so many crazy things the dog can only be transported in this vw bus that the hus that the ex-husband has they basically steal the bus <laughs> from oh the ex-husband's god. house god why did i know that was coming <laughs> i swear that's funny and and they go to the humane society and the humane society has given the dog to this um this animal like community for special needs dogs in utah so now they have to like go off track and go to utah and on the flight down there and this is how much holly and samantha don't like each other like so Holly has booked a flight for the two of them and she books herself in first class and she books Samantha and coach. Oh, so front door. So they're not even talking, but Samantha ends up sitting by this really free spirited kind of like reading auras, like go with the flow kind of woman. And she tells her nothing. She sleeps the entire flight. And the woman knows all about like what they're going to do. And, and she knows about Holly and how they have this strained relationship. And so when they get off the flight, this woman is talking about this and Holly's all mad. She's like, why on earth would you say all this to a stranger? And Samantha's like, I slept the whole flight. I don't know how she knows this. Did she talk in her sleep maybe? (laughs) I don't think so. I think this woman just knows things and really reads auras and stuff. But so she invites herself along on their road trip. So wait, so you have the two friends that are fighting and like a psychic in a car to pick up a dog. Are they Mm -hmm. still, do they still have the VW bus? (laughs) And they have to take the VW bus because that's the only way you can transport this huge dog. And when they, and so it's this, it's this insane road trip 
where they're trying to get this dog home to this poor woman and they don't know the extent of her cancer diagnosis like they're waiting to find out like how badly she's doing so and these two friends are really fighting like they do not like each other anymore and they're on this road trip that lasts much longer than they think it's gonna last oh my gosh Sounds so like a family what, vacation I had once. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing story because, I mean, besides the fact that it's hysterical because they run into all these stupid, stupid issues. I mean, this poor dog <laughs> is like this huge thing who's frightened of everything, who's diabetic and has to take all these meds. And so they have, and, and, and who can only travel in this one particular kind of vehicle that's stolen from an ex-husband who's like a complete jerk and then is like on the run looking for the bus just to be vindictive. And it's almost like a crazy woman caper. Kind it sounds of thing. like a caper. It's, <laughs> it's a I caper. Mean, did Scooby show up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this is Scooby and a Scrappy-Doo shows up. Scrappy do <laughs> ends up ends up coming on their on their adventure with them too. It's so funny at times. At times it's like it's endearing because on this road trip you get that one of the reasons Katie made the two of them go together is because she wants them to figure out what happened to their relationship 25 years ago because they were so incredibly close and tight. And then it all just fell apart and we, nobody really knows what happened. I mean, it seemingly fell apart over something real, over a really stupid conversation that shouldn't have done this much damage. It's, it's a really like, it gave me all the feels, I mean, but it also made me laugh out loud. And it was, it was a really awesome book. It was probably like in my top five for the entire year. I mean, it was probably like the, my second highest rated book this year. Wow. So I, I really And it's all it about a, a dog. So I think I would like it. <laughs> there's no war. I mean, there's a friend war. So I guess that. Fits. But there's, yes, there's no war. There it's are true. dogs. I mean, there is, there is sickness. So, I mean, I really liked it. Uh, and I like poignant books. Ah! <laughs> oh, we used the P word. So it was a really great read. I highly recommend it. And uh, so that and that was called I Thought You Said This Would Work by Ann Wirtz Garvin. Sounds like it would be a good um, transition book after you've read something that I would read normally. <laughs> it really was. It's a it's like it's not too heavy. It's not super light. It's a great book about women and their real relationships and how they really are. I mean, sometimes we're great. Sometimes we're catty. Sometimes we're like drama filled. And I found it really realistic. I mean, aside from the comedy capers and stuff, which still were hysterical. And But yeah, thanks to Link. Union Publishing for sending this to us so that I could read it. It was great. Well, it's apparently it's a big week for reviewing books that were sent to us by publishers and or authors. Um, this week, um, we were sent a copy of The Sky Above Us by Natalie Lund 
from Philomel Books, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House. I picked this up because it was YA. So when, as soon as we got an email that said uh, anything about YA, I was like, I will take that book, please and thank you. So in the first probably 20 pages, I was a little unsure. Um, so the book starts off with, um, there's like a beach party. They're in Texas and it's a senior year party on the beach, like on the Gulf. And Izzy, Cass, and Janie are three girls that we meet. And they are asleep on the beach after this party. And they're woken up to this really loud, like, thundering noise. And as they all kind of wake up and look up, there is a plane, not like a big passenger plane, but like a private small plane, going over their heads at like a low level and then proceeds to crash into the ocean, the gulf, some body of water that they are by. Oh. <laughs> and you kind of are like, what just happened? Like how, like I was in picture first, I was picturing like a passenger jet, the way they describe the thunderous roar. And I was like, okay, I'm now real confused. And Izzy has a twin brother. And was, as soon as she wakes up, she's like Israel. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Your brother's like not here. He's not on the beach. And she's like, he's on the plane. And they're like, why do you think your brother's on the plane? So there was just kind of trying to figure out who was on the, in the plane. And it's not really a spoiler because it's in the first 20 pages. Um, so the, the three people on the plane, there's three people on the plane. It's Izzy's brother, Israel, Cass's ex-boyfriend, Shane, and Janie's best friend, Nate. Oh, so they're all connected with somebody that was on the plane. Yes. And it wasn't a big passenger plane. It was a small plane. Yeah, it was like a small, like, okay. private plane. Like a... I don't know how else to describe it. It's not like a, it's not like a criminal minds like personal jet type plane, just like a prop plane. Oh, okay. Like a small right. like three or four passenger plane. Mm-hmm. And Izzy is convinced that Israel can't be dead. He's not. He couldn't. He was on the plane, but he can't be dead. Like they're all wrong because she has like twin sense with him and is like he's still alive. I'd know if he was dead. And the point that almost lost me, <laughs> and I pushed through, and I'm glad I did. Um, is she sees three dolphins out at sea around the plane crash. And she's like, the boys have been like turned into the dolphins. And I was like, I'm out. (laughs) I still remember that conversation too. She's like, seriously? (laughs) Yeah. I was having a hard time there, but I kept going. Cause I was like, I feel like this book has a lot of potential because it was kind of like, how are they all connected? What really happened? Like, how did the plane go down? Um, And so you start to learn that, the three boys do not have this like perfect life that they kind of project as high school seniors. Um, Nate has had a serious soccer injury, which is like jeopardizing his career, his ability to go to college and play soccer. Israel um, has, I don't know if this is a spoiler. Yeah. Don't give us, I don't want to give too. So Israel has some issues, issues um, that he's been coping with since childhood and um shane is newly cassie's ex so he's kind of in a bad headspace because still dealing with he's that. still dealing with the breakup so finding out like how did they get the plane why were they in a plane yeah. <laughs> like what the hell's happening and it's a fairly small town so like it's a pretty big thing that three seniors all died on a, in a plane crash in their senior year um 
I will say there's a trigger warning associated with this book because there's talk of was it suicide? Was it intent? Like, was it an accident? So that I would I would put a trigger warning there for for suicide because it is talked about in the book. Um, but it, I think it deals really interestingly with the grief process of teenagers because you mm. see Izzy's first response is like, no, he can't be gone. You're all wrong. And then like there's uh, the Janie is best friends with Nate, but like no one really knows she's best friends with Nate. Like he segments his life with her from everything else. So like they don't hang out at school. So there's like this whole idea of like, you're grieving the loss of your best friend, but like everyone thinks like he doesn't know you. Hmm. So it's kind of, I thought it was a really interesting look at how people grieve and how people deal with, especially teenagers deal with things that happen around them that are completely out of their control or they feel like they may could have helped control to some extent. Uh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot after I I got past the dolphins um, and Izzy's fascination (laughs) with the dolphins. Um, But I also get like her reaction to it was like, that was her way of like justifying. Like he can't be gone. I can't feel that he's gone. And look, there's three dolphins and there are three boys. And like, that has to be connected. Like, that was her grief process. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think she did a really great job. For me, the beginning was a little choppy, but I think it's supposed to be. I think you're supposed to be just as disoriented as they are mm-hmm. so that you're kind of like, I don't know what's happening because your characters don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took me a little bit after reading it to process that idea. Um, it was a really good look, I think, at how teenagers kind of deal with the things out of their control, the things in their control, depression so there is definitely a trigger warning for depression and suicide conversations and things like that Uh, but i would highly recommend it it just came out on the 13th so it's only been out about two weeks and that is the sky above us by natalie lund sounds pretty good yes and you know some of the some of my favorite books have started out really choppy like that and Remember Mr. Splitfoot that I read? It's oh, been a long a time book. ago. And I totally forgot about that book. I seriously only kept mm. writing, reading that book because I had nothing else at the library. And mm. I kept telling her, oh my gosh, it's so good. Just keep going. Keep and I'm like, going, oh my God, it going. can't get better. It cannot get better from here. There's wandering around the fucking forest. What the hell? <laughs> and then at the end, it was so good. It was like, good. oh. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. I read it and I was like, oh, I need to read it again. Right? Yeah. So, so I, I missed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So thank you to Natalie and um, her publishing company for sending us the that lovely arc. Awesome. It was a fantastic read. Oh. Well, it sounds like we had some good author sends. Yeah, we had some week. really good ones. Yeah. And it's the mower. We. We. <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry. <laughs> I was like, and what? You didn't like your book? I, I, know. I was I'm like, confused I'm confused right now. <laughs> can't you guys hear that? I, can't. I can hear it. I can't. But so I don't think it comes across loud. as loud when you listen back to it. You don't hear it as much. I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> You're too much of a perfectionist. perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't eat my eyes. Ron can't mow. Damn. <laughs> Can't drop, can't drop your phone on the microphone stand. I do have that, do no. have that stink eye down really well, though. She is I? like Holy all shit. on it today with us. <laughs> Feel like I should be sitting with my hands in my lap all proper. <laughs> raising my hands. We'll, we'll cross our ankles. We'll sit. It's the, it's the mom. Raise your pinky. It's the mom crease. 
It's because I had a headache and I just took some aspirin. (laughs) So the mom crease comes out when I... If the crease is out, you better look out. (laughs) That's right. I could always tell when my mom was in a shitty mood because the crease in her forehead got really deep. (laughs) Run from mom. Get away. She has her angry eyes on. (laughs) And just in case you need them, here's your angry eyes. I love that part of Toy Story. Oh, I love the potato heads. <laughs> okay, guys, this is just such a weird coincidence that this just happened to fall on the very same day that there's so many similarities between everyone's books. Uh-oh, sort I'm of, scared kind now. Of. Probably not sort of mine. Probably not yours so much. <laughs> but, the Sorry, other, but the other two. I'm used to being the odd man out. <laughs> you oh. know, every once in a while when I'm waiting, I always have a lot of books on hold. And I've recently been buying a lot more audiobooks because I'm just not satisfied. So I want more. But even that the other day failed me. And so I was looking, trolling through the library, trying to find something to read. And I did the thing where I, where I choose available now. And I just randomly pick something. Well, this was... Such a great choice for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a debut novel. Uh oh. Martha just got excited. I love discovering new authors. It just makes me feel so good inside to find something that's just like a gem. It's like the beginning of that person's career. And especially when it's as good as this is, you just know she's going to write some more. So this is called The Funny Thing About Norman Foreman by Julietta Henderson. Uh, the narrator on this, it, it was an audiobook. The narrator on this, of course, had a British accent, which, of course, you know, I love that as well. It's the story about Norman, who's a 12-year-old boy. And he's a really unique 12-year-old boy. So Norman is going through a very rough time. He has just lost his best friend. And he's kind of an isolated kid to start with. He's kind of a different kid. He has really, really bad psoriasis all over his skin. And so he's always, you know, itching and just, it's just really a debilitating disease. I don't know if you've ever known anybody that has it, but it's Mm -hmm. a very difficult thing to deal with. And his best friend is like the class clown dude. You know, he's very funny. So he's always making Norman feel better. And when his and Jack's his best friend, when Jack's dies, Norman is just lost because it's his his best friend is basically his only friend. And Jack's and he had this dream of being a comedy duo. Jack's was the funny one and Norman was the straight man. Well, they had written down their five-year plan, and as a part of that, they were going to go perform at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which I did attend when I was in Scotland. So I totally, you know, made a connection there. But the bad thing is, and as I'm listening to this book, it's mostly cringing. I'm cringing the whole time I'm reading this book because I just feel so bad for poor Norman. I'm so scared for him because he's not funny. And he's got these jokes that he's practicing, you know, and but his mom is just so sweet. You know, she wants to help him so badly. And 
he doesn't really have he's never known his dad he doesn't they don't really have any family that's still alive and one of the things that was on his list was that he wanted to meet his dad so the mom sees this five-year list or whatever she sees it and so she kind of feels like she has to take some action to do something for him to help him so she tries to make this happen and she sets the whole thing up so that they can go on this road trip a friend of hers from work who is just about retirement age he's an older guy he also asks for the time off to go with her and his boss is being a jerk and he says no you can't have the time off and the guy just gives him the finger and says well well then I quit and he takes off and they go on this road trip together it's the sweetest story like I said, I was cringing about half the time because I was so afraid of him getting up in front of any kind of audience because, you know, he's just this awkward kid who doesn't have any sense of timing. He's not <laughs> funny, you know, and here he is. He's going to do this comedy show and I'm just totally freaked out the whole time. But along <laughs> the way, they meet all these different people. They they just form the most interesting connections and relationships as they go along and and they meet the candidates of the guys who could be his father cuz his mom you know she had a few really interesting hookups during that time period i literally just started singing mama mia in my head yeah, when you started that describing that too. Yeah. So bonnie she, and i just yeah. locked eyes across the yeah. room and we're like yeah. mama mia. so he didn't really know you know she didn't she has, she really just doesn't know who the dad is so they kind of meet a couple of the guys along the way during the road trip and it turns into this really fun adventure that you go on with his mom and this older dude and Norman. God, I love this book so much. I gave it five stars and I have been recommending it to everybody that I could think of in the last few days because it's just such a sweet book. I loved it so much. And if, if you want to feel, I really felt great after I read it. It's one of those things where, you know, not everything's tied up in a tidy little bow, but at the same time, the world just seems a little sweeter after you read it. Yeah. So, Did yeah. you read a poignant Oh, shut book? the fuck up. I knew that was, <laughs> I was coming. Gonna an say emotional that. roller coaster kind of book? No, I wouldn't say an Whoa. emotional roller coaster. It's just funny and sweet. Something that made you feel feelings? I know. It's a poignant. They say touching in here. There's, there's no, the P word is not listed on this anywhere. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that was called The Funny Thing About Norman Foreman by Julietta Henderson. And Julietta, girl, you did a fantastic job and I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you write next. Yay. Mama Mia. Oh, shush. Here we go again. <laughs> Mama. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's Norman. Norman is just the sweetest character ever. You just you just want to hug his little tiny little scaly frame and make everything all right. If you're the mom of a son, I especially was drawn to the character because I just wanted to make it all better for him. Yep. I, I did feel the feelings. I admit it. No! She feel the feelings. She admitted uh, it. I heard it. You heard it here first. Sniff. Martha's tin heart melted one. I was just going <laughs> to. The oh. Grinch's heart grew three <laughs> times that day. Uh, <laughs> Leave me alone. Good job, Julietta. Yay. I'm feeling. Saw 
Martha. I'm feeling my empty nest again. My son is going to move out again, and I'm sad. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Just kidding. <laughs> you're ready to have a clean bathroom and best God, best I can't room. wait until that toilet is clean again. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, yeah. Megan tried to go in there I last did. week. I was, I was like, like, no, don't go in there. No. <laughs> she was like, don't it's do it. <laughs> it's a toxic waste dump. Watch out. It's teenage boy dirty. Which <laughs> like, is a thing. I was like, thanks for saving my life. <laughs> <laughs> she would have never, she would not have been the same. She went in a girl and came out a woman. <laughs> like, I'm never having children ever, ever, ever. A woman with a life plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was kind of thinking because i have weird random thoughts that go through my head you never that... <laughs> hearing martha talk today and knowing more about martha now i think that her new happy place is when she is reading a happy book while holding her vibrator remote in one hand oh, and no. one of those no, no. ice cream oh, no. sandwiches oh, <laughs> in the other one with the blackberry ripple ice cream. Hmm. Megan's like, we almost made it through the whole Almost, podcast. almost made it. <laughs> Wait, is that your new happy place? You said you were moaning in the car. That's true, she did. moaning in the car, wasn't so, I? So, I mean, if she turned her radio, her audiobook up loud enough you wouldn't hear the buzzing true and mm. had her windows up on her car obviously obviously just how would you... she have driven with the with the remote in one hand and the ice no, cream sandwich in the other parking. i needed she's both parked. hands for no that wouldn't have worked because i need i needed both hands for that ice cream sandwich because it was so big. well i mean you don't have to hold the remote the whole time you just turn it on and just start eating yeah that's true it's kind of like, have you ever watched mm. The Sweetest Thing, where no. in her dream, she's she's getting some satisfaction below <laughs> while eating a ice cream sundae That's in her dream? This is a George Costanza moment. <laughs> Remember when George tries to, he tries to have the perfect... Yes, and he has that yes, salami and he's got sandwich. A, no, pastrami. Pastrami. Pastrami on rye. <laughs> And he's got it underneath the covers whilst having sex and listening to sports. <laughs> That's what you're the new George Constanza, except yours is poignant books <laughs> while eating an ice cream sandwich from from the, the baked, baked bear, bear and using which is not a pot ref with God. Tracy's dog in the car. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry, Baked Bear. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's freaking hilarious. Well, just that they're part of this dream is a good thing. Yeah, it's just a dream. I mean, you can wake up. You know, though, during the sweetest thing, though, when I was watching that scene, all I could think of is that, you know, like, you know, her her boyfriend's head is under the covers while she's eating this ice cream. I'm like, man, it would be hard not to fart. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be good. <laughs> you couldn't see his head. Oh my God, that's terrible. Hopefully she's not lactose intolerant. <laughs> Right, that's that's what I was thinking. When you're lactose intolerance, this is the things that you come to your mind. You know you're in trouble when Megan takes her headphones off. And on that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Fire in the hole. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? 
Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.